0: Family. Happy Monday, and welcome to another edition of the Faction Quick Hits. I'm your man, GB, Gerard Bonner, and I hope you guys are doing well. Hope you had a fantastic weekend. What A weekend in the world of pro wrestling. Good Lord. Have we had a bigger weekend in recent memory? I don't know. But what I do know for sure is last night and all of this weekend was downright amazing. And we're going to dig into all of that in just a few minutes. So stick around. As always, a big thank you to everybody who's joined us on the socials Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Thanks for hanging out with us at The Faction Show. Good morning and good day to everyone who hangs with us, of course, via podcast, wherever you're listening to us. Thank you so much. We don't take your subscription and your support for granted. If you're not subscribed, all you have to do is click the subscribe button wherever you're tuned into us. And that'll get you connected to what we've got going on and you don't have to wait for a social media post. But as soon as we drop new episodes and new content, you'll be able to check it out there. With that said, there's a lot to dig into. We knew this month was going to be a massive month as this was the month that seemingly all of the wrestling companies welcomed fans back to the product and headed back on the road. It started, of course, with AEW at the top of July, heading out on the road for AEW Dynamite. Of course, they had been welcoming fans back really since December or so, but certainly at full capacity at their double or nothing pay-per-view. That was followed, of course, by all that Ring of Honor did with their Best in the World pay-per-view in Baltimore. Then, of course, we saw WWE over the weekend bring SmackDown to Houston on the road for a full audience. We'll talk about that. Impact Wrestling, they brought fans back for their big anniversary pay-per-view. We'll get into that. And, of course, Money in the Bank. So with that said, let's start with SmackDown And start with some of the big news from SmackDown. SmackDown came in with 2.185 million viewers. That is up literally 304,000 viewers from the week before, which is pretty significant to say the least. And the hourly breakdown is equally impressive. As hour one brought in 2.22 million viewers, hour two dropped off less than 100,000 viewers at 2.148 million viewers The event Smackdown started, of course, with Vince McMahon with a six word greeting. And we thought we would hear more from him, but he didn't have to say a whole lot. The crowd was absolutely jacked. And in my mind, it kind of started and felt like old school Saturday night main event. Remember, with Saturday night's main event, they would actually start the show with the main event and then follow it up with other matches, that's kind of how SmackDown went down. So SmackDown started off with a six-man tag that saw Roman Reigns and The Usos, a.k.a. The Bloodline, taking on Edge and The Mysterios. And, of course, Edge and The Mysterios won that match. Big feel-good moment, and that's big movement headed into, of course, Money in the Bank. Overall, an incredible night. Bianca Belair retained her SmackDown Women's Championship against Carmella a huge fatal four-way that saw Seth Rollins win in just an incredible match. And if AEW has taught us anything, it is that wrestling gets exponentially better When there is a live audience and it was a special moment because certainly the audience was ready wrestlers were ready and it was amazing and it translated to Smackdown certainly feeling like the a show Smackdown certainly feeling special with the surprise of the return of Finn Balor. It's getting to feel like anything can happen in wrestling again. We saw that a couple of weeks ago with the debut of Malachi Black on AEW. Prior to that, a couple of weeks before that, we saw, of course, Andrade El Idolo make his way to AEW. It is just getting to be a fun time in wrestling again. And this is what we needed. And I may do a whole separate show when we start talking about the pandemic and its impact as the pandemic era is Pretty much gone at this point. We'll talk more about that, I think, in a later episode because we have a lot to get into now, including what happened Saturday night at Impact Wrestling. But first, check this out. This is SHW29. It's gonna be an absolutely stellar night with two big title matches and the most unpredictable show in all of independent wrestling. Come on, somebody stop there. The monster they thought they wanted. All right, so it was a big weekend, and really the month of July has been huge for pro wrestling. Again, as we mentioned earlier, AEW, Ring of Honor, WWE, all welcoming fans back to the product. And equally joining in the fray is Impact Wrestling, whose pay-per-view slam anniversary took place this Saturday night. It took place in Nashville at the studio they've been recording at for all of this time, but now they're welcoming fans back. Back. Now, a year ago, of course, Slammiversary proved to be a major change for Impact as a lot of new folks entered into the fray, enter the Good Brothers and several others. Well, this time around, some new things happened as well, some new faces that we did not expect to see, some coming from WWE and some coming from, well... A place we definitely did not expect. Let's talk a little bit about some of the surprises. So there was a mixed tag team match that saw Brian Myers and Tennille Dashwood take on Matt Cardona and a mystery partner. The mystery partner turned out to be Chelsea Green, Matt Cardona's fiance. Chelsea green the same Chelsea green who showed up at ring of honor at their pay-per-view last weekend Yeah, so that already creates an interesting dynamic I don't know if this means that she will be working regularly in both companies But the ways that ROH and impact are set up they're set up in a way where it's almost like an independent company You don't always have to have an exclusive contract to work in either space now what Chelsea's contract may look like Like, we'll have to take a look at that. But one thing is for certain whether this was a one off or a permanent situation. It was a welcomed return for Chelsea Green in Impact Wrestling. And I will say this, I don't think we got to see the best of Chelsea Green in NXT or on SmackDown. Remember, she made one appearance on SmackDown, broke her wrist, and never appeared on SmackDown again. But this is the same Chelsea Green who, of course, made waves in Impact. But go back, do your history, and check out what she did in Lucha Underground. When you see her work in Lucha Underground, you may ask yourself, what in the world? Happened in NXT. It's certainly something to ask yourself about. But anyway, congratulations, of course, to Chelsea Green, who made her appearance at Impact's anniversary, There was a fatal four-way for the Impact Tag Team Championship that saw Violent by Design take on Rich Swann and Willie Mack, the Good Brothers, and Falabaugh, and Falabaugh had a tag team partner that was indeed another mystery. Well, the answer to this mystery was super interesting because this mystery was another former WWE employee. This time, it would be the former No Way Jose, now known as No Way, apparently without the Jose, and it created another great surprise moment. The result, at the end of the night though, the Good Brothers would win the match and become the two-time Impact Wrestling Tag Team Champions. So... Diana Perrazzo also had a mystery opponent to defend her knockouts championship. And I'm sure many were wondering who in the former WWE roster would appear as her opponent. Instead, we all got surprised when we found out that the opponent would be the former NWA Women's World Champion, Thunder Rosa. Thunder Rosa, who has been making waves, of course, in the NWA, in the AEA and in AEW, along with her own organization known as Mission Pro Wrestling there in Texas. It was an incredible match, as you can imagine, a dream match between these two, and it saw Diana Perrazzo retain her Impact Championship. We have new Impact Knockouts Tag Team Champions as the team of Havoc and Rosemary won the tag titles against the team of Fire and Flava, so congratulations there. We also saw Finn Juice, the team from New Japan Pro Wrestling, make their return to Impact Wrestling. So that was pretty exciting to see happen. And again, it's just very interesting to see what's going on in Impact Wrestling. And in the main event... Kenny Omega retains the Impact World Championship by defeating Sammy Callahan, but after the match something very interesting happened and no one really expected it. Showing up in Impact Wrestling is the current never open weight champion from New Japan Pro Wrestling Switchblade Jay White and when the too sweet sign was thrown to switchblade jay white who is a part of the bullet club in new japan he refused the gesture and the pay-per-view feed cut out so this is a very interesting scenario and i gotta tell you I don't know what's going to happen, but listen. So something very interesting is happening in Impact Wrestling with the infusion of New Japan, with the infusion of AEW talent, with the infusion of former WWE talent. Let me tell you something. If you've been sleeping on Impact, it might be time to wake up. Because, of course, with fans back, they've got their own product happening. And the way people can kind of go in and out of this seemingly formerly forbidden door becomes very, very interesting. They also made an announcement that Bound for Glory, their WrestleMania-like pay-per-view, will be taking place in Las Vegas, and it featured a tease for some sort of AEW AAA New Japan Impact main event, which means we might see some war between the Elite and the Bullet Club. I don't know, but I'll tell you what. This is a very special time in the world of pro wrestling, and I'm glad that we get a to witness it and i'm also glad that big things are happening outside of wwe we've been seeing some mega cool things happening in aew i gotta tell you this impact wrestling piece is very interesting the idea of jay white and kenny omega potentially battling that's got my intrigue for sure and so now with fans back at the impact product i wonder how the impact product overall will be impacted well There's the double entendre Use of Impact. Anyway, be that As it may, excited to see this happening For Impact Wrestling. That Was Saturday. Smackdown was Friday, which leads us to Sunday And Money in the Bank. And I suppose I should have said to start this Whole thing that there indeed are Spoilers. You've probably figured that out By now. You've probably heard A ton right now about it, but if You haven't and you want to stop things To go ahead and watch, go ahead and do that And make sure you come back to the podcast. This is SHW 29. It's gonna be an absolutely stellar night with two big title matches and the most unpredictable show in all of independent wrestling. Come on, somebody stop there. The monster they thought they wanted Let's dive into Money in the Bank, which took place live in Fort Worth, Texas at the Dickies Arena, and it was quite the event to say the least. It kicked off on the pre show with the Usos defeating Ray and Dominic Mysterio to become the new SmackDown Tag Team Champions. The pay per view kicked off with the women's Money in the Bank match as Nikki Ash, or Nikki Almost Superhero, or Nikki A.S.H., we'll talk about that in a second, wins the Money in the Bank ladder match. We saw AJ Styles and Omos retain their Raw Tag Team titles against the Viking Raiders. Bobby Lashley absolutely dominated Kofi Kingston in their world title match. Charlotte Flair is the new Raw Women's Champion as she defeated Rhea Ripley. Big E wins the Money in the Bank men's ladder match and Roman Reigns defeats Edge in an incredible universal title match which saw at the very end of the night the return of John Cena. So there's a lot to dig into with this. I wanna start with one of the obvious things or at least it was obvious to me. Well, before I even get into that, Let's talk about the absolutely crazy moment that happened last night between WWE and Peacock. So a major issue happened last night at Money in the Bank that had absolutely nothing to do with the in-ring product. In what was an absolutely incredible night for WWE, bringing their pay-per-view back to fans, being on the road, nobody expected there to be streaming issues with the juggernaut. Peacock, But that happened, and it happened right after the women's title match. Many were asking what was going on, including myself. The buffering happened, and it was just unbearable. It was just very difficult to watch what was going on. So most of us missed the backstage segment that happened with Riddle, Rick Boogs, and King Shinsuke Nakamura. We missed all of the entrances to the Money in the Bank ladder match. Well, apparently, here's the backstage news on it. WWE did not know it was happening as it was happening it was also an issue that did not impact the international viewers but it was exclusive to peacock from there the issues did not even emanate from the dickies arena in fort worth texas it was coming from wherever peacock was picking up the stream so what ultimately ended up happening wwe did put out a note that said at 10.07 p.m. Eastern that Peacock had resolved the issue. The resolution to the issue was one where the feed was belonging to the WWE Network and not Peacock, as in the new feed. So you saw that the feed did not feature any of the Peacock graphics or anything like that. Now, all sorts of folks were watching, including WWE Hall of Famer Mark Henry, who is currently working for AEW. He had quite the tweet where he said, quote, I should have a match with peacock somebody is gonna get their bleep kicked yeah so with that said a lot of people tweeted peacock a lot of people tweeted wwe peacock responded to some of the responses one of the things that they said was that the player controls will be rolling out on additional devices soon including roku and android tv you'll be able to fast forward and rewind but i'll tell you It certainly was not a good moment for the WWE or for Peacock. And during such an important time and an important moment, it's a shame that Peacock dropped the ball, and I wonder what's going to happen from that in the future. With that said, let's go over some of these results and talk about some of the highlights. One of the things that was amazing to me is to watch the rebranding of Nikki Cross. Now for weeks on Monday Night Raw, they've been calling her now Nikki Ash, Ash, standing for almost superhero. But last night on the pay-per-view, they were calling her Nikki A.S.H. Now, I don't know if somebody just decided they didn't like the name Nikki Ash, if they thought Ash might be confused with something else. I don't know. Either way, I don't know that I like the term almost superhero and I haven't had a real chance to talk about it here on the podcast, but I think they could have come up with a better name. I get what they're doing and what a push she's getting as she won the Money in the Bank ladder match and people were happy. I'm not mad at it at all. The question though is, what champion will she cash in on? Because right now, whether it be Bianca Belair or Charlotte Flair, I don't see her winning. However, in comma and pause because let's just remember she has gained two wins recently over charlotte flair so her defeating charlotte flair for the raw women's title may not be as far-fetched as we think with that said speaking of money in the bank shout out to big e who i did correctly predict could be a winner of money in the bank i definitely feel like it's time uh it felt incredible to watch him win that match and it was history in the making Because Big E becomes the first African-American wrestler to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. There's a lot to be said for that. Let's just go back to the fact that this match has been going on since WrestleMania 21. We're talking roughly 2005. So basically, in 16 years, he's the only African-American man to win the Money in the Bank ladder match. Now, there have been several African-American competitors in the Money in the Bank match, including, of course, Kofi Kingston, Shelton Benjamin... Our truth and many others, and I'll make a statement that might seem somewhat controversial, but they were good for the highlight reels, but were never deemed good enough to win the match. I am so grateful that I get to live to see more history being made as Big E wins the Money in the Bank contract, and at some point, he will challenge either for the Universal or for the WWE Championship. I thought it was really cool that neither Money in the Bank competitor cashed in last night. We've seen that happen multiple times, particularly on the women's side, where, of course, since 2017, that match has been going on. But you saw in 2018 and 2019, those Money in the Bank contracts were cashed in that night, be it Bailey or Alexa Bliss. Now, last year that didn't happen because there was no other title match happening and the Money in the Bank match was happening there in Connecticut while the other matches were happening in Florida. One interesting piece of news that WWE kind of revised the history on, when they kept saying that Asuka cashed in her Money in the Bank contract last year? She did not. What actually happened was she won the Money in the Bank contract on a Sunday night. That Monday night, the Raw Women's Champion went on and relinquished the title, giving it to the Money in the Bank winner, Asuka. That person who was the Raw Women's Champion, of course, was Becky Lynch, because Becky Lynch that night announced that she was pregnant. To bring it full circle, Becky Lynch was in the building last night as she posted a picture on Instagram outside of the arena. So many fans were naturally chanting, We want Becky during the Raw Women's title match. I think that, you know, one thing WWE has done a really good job of over the weekend and they're going to have to continue to do has been the element of surprise. And the last thing you want to do is ruin a Becky Lynch surprise. So I'm glad we didn't get it last night because too many people were clued in. And I didn't like the fact that Becky posted that because that was almost a guarantee that we weren't going to see her. Bobby Lashley's WWE title match. So there are some who are saying, oh my God, the Kofi Kingston match was a waste. I disagree. And here's why. I think the story was told expertly. From the fact that Kofi Kingston got the win over Bobby Lashley a few weeks ago, to him making that statement that really changed everything, saying that Bobby Lashley went soft. Bobby Lashley then loses to Xavier Woods last week on Raw. And then he refocuses, he becomes the animal that we've known Lashley to be, the same animal that won the WWE title against The Miz back in February. That's the animal we got against Kofi Kingston last night, and that Bobby Lashley is unstoppable. I'm glad the match wasn't a 30 second squash. I am glad that the match went the way that it did. Not that I didn't want to see Kofi Kingston become WWE champion, but if Bobby Lashley regains his focus, as he clearly did last night, nobody can stop him, not even Kofi Kingston. I thought the match went well. And again, think about this. Now you got all three members of the New Day who actually can lay some claim to this title picture be it Xavier Woods defeating Lashley on Monday night, be it Kofi being a former champion or getting the shot at the title last night, or Big E winning the Money in the Bank ladder match. The New Day was well-represented, and I thought it was a fantastic story that was told. Congratulations again to Bobby Lashley. Phenomenal job. Charlotte Flair, Rhea Ripley. I honestly am tired of seeing Charlotte Flair as a women's champion, But I will say something. During that match last night, which, by the way, was one of the best matches of Rhea Ripley's career, incredible match against Charlotte Flair, it also showed me that Charlotte Flair continues to be head and shoulders above the rest. I love Rhea Ripley, but I could definitely see where she was significantly challenged in that match against Charlotte Flair last night. So, great job, Charlotte Flair. Who now will become a contender to Charlotte Flair? I don't know. I'd love to see Rhea get another opportunity at the time. But I don't know what happens there. And I don't know that Nikki Ash or Nikki A.S.H. will turn around and challenge for that title anytime soon. With that said, the main event, Roman Reigns and Edge. What a match. This deserved to be the main event. It was without question head and shoulders above the rest. And it was an amazing card last night. But Roman Reigns and Edge knew exactly what they were doing perfect setup to SummerSlam in terms of Seth Rollins and how him and Edge seemingly are going to get it on at SummerSlam which left us all wondering what would be the next move for Roman Reigns and Roman Reigns tells everyone to acknowledge him and then the music drops and John Cena is back let me just say this WWE thank you for not letting that cat out of the bag thank you for not spoiling that Thank you for allowing us as fans to pop again. Thank you, thank you, thank you. It was an incredible moment. It was a moment that had me up for another hour or two just buzzing off of what happened. This is why we love the sport of pro wrestling. This weekend has proven why. And it proved that coming out of the pandemic, that the world of pro wrestling is alive and well. The streets are all talking about Cena. The streets are talking about Big E. The streets are talking about Roman Reigns. The streets are talking about the bloodline. The streets are talking. and That's what you want from the world of pro wrestling. So I'm not even interested in a competition between AEW and WWE. Everybody is rocking in their own lanes right now and they're giving us must-see Television, So that's going to lead you to my closing thought, which will be my leading thought or prevailing thought for the podcast that we do about the pandemic era. And that is this. I believe that the pandemic era of pro wrestling may have been the best thing to happen to modern pro wrestling that we could have never planned for. I will unpack that in a future episode, probably tomorrow, because I want to share my thoughts on this pandemic piece, especially after whatever happens on Monday Night Raw tonight. I want to get your thoughts on the pandemic era of wrestling, and of course on money in the bank, and this huge weekend of pro wrestling that just went down so hit us up on the socials at the faction show on instagram facebook and twitter we definitely want to hear from you also on top of that reach out to us on the socials make sure you're subscribed to this podcast and stay connected to us because we've got more great things happening thank you for indulging us if you're here at the end we appreciate it it's a little longer than normal but it was a monstrous weekend that deserved great time. With that said, until next time family, representing for my good brothers Courtney Beard, Brandon Clack, and the Fourth Horseman, John Murray, my name is Gerard Bonner, and collectively we're known as The Faction. Have a great day.